Welcome back to Our Soul, a podcast by Faith Choice Ohio, Ohio's faith voice for choice. We only have a few more days until the election, and everyone is collectively losing their minds. Hi, I am the Reverend Terry Williams, back again with you at Our Soul. Um, I'm joined by my colleague, Kelly Fox. Give a shout Ooh. out, Kelly. Yay, I'm here. <laughs> it's me, Kelly we... Fox. We are back and we are in the thick of it. Uh, we are recording right now with less than two weeks left until... 13 days. Less than two weeks until the November election. And usually this is an off election year, but we are totally on for abortion access and reproductive freedom right now. Um, we're going to give you a little overview today of where things stand in the race for repro and just outline some of the basics of the campaign. We've gotten into the hot and heavy of the campaign. We in Ohio have this time-tested tradition of tons of horrible ads just like flooding our airwaves and polluting our inboxes with all kinds of uh, spam emails and actual mail and um, just a really vicious cycle of advertising around every kind of politics, but particularly this political issue the rancor has been deep and wide and the BS has been flowing. So we're going to talk to you today about um, some of the things that are not uh, true of the um, statements that have been made about issue one. And we're also going to talk to you about some of the things that you can do to fight back against some of that stigma and finish strong with us as we go toward the day when we protect reproductive health rights and justice in this state and access to safe and legal abortion. Um, so I'd, I'd like to start, uh, just if we can, Kelly, uh, we spoke a little bit already, but I just want to give for our viewers, um, our listeners, I guess we would say, you can't really see us, but <laughs> yeah. here we are. Um, give for our listeners an idea of where the race stands right now. Um, limited polling, but we saw a poll out from Baldwin Wallace University, very reputable polling system. They do a pre election poll just about every year in Ohio and their pre-election polling shows that 58% of voters registered voters in that case have voiced support for issue one and not only support but in the polling they indicated they would vote for the ballot initiative um, I like to tell people that means we know we have the voters but we have to go get the vote so I'm interested to know um, what your thoughts are, Kelly, on that 58% number, and how do we feel that that number is just like just a little under the 60% number that uh, <laughs> our legislature tried to raise the bar to? Like, oh, wouldn't that be an interesting conversation if they had won in August instead of losing miserably to yes. the pro-choice, pro-faith uh, organizations that we, we've been a part of? You know, uh, I think, like like you said, I mean, we we have the people. We just need to get the people out there. And, um, you know, it is really interesting to think about, like, if if issue one in August um, had passed, uh, where we would be in this situation. And I think, you know, I, I think, like, in and even you have to consider outside of that, like, there are other people who d didn't get polled and who... Uh, will vote 
Um, we just need to get people out there because a majority of Ohioans do want to have um, access to abortion and access to the ability to choose what happens to their own bodies. Um, and I think that, you know, it's, it's just about getting people to actually vote. And like you said, it is an off year. And I think it, it's been interesting to see um, how many of my friends are going out and voting where in other years they have not. Um, I've, I'm a, a vote every year kind of person or every year that there's an election. Um, and so to have it there's just like so many things that the state has tried to stack against us um and it it you know i think we're still pushing and we're still you know gonna get people out there it's it's just important to get out and vote and vote early vote in person vote via mail however it's just yes <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And you, you mentioned um, the state stacking things against us. Yes. Um, I, I'm wondering if you are somewhat referring to the news that we found out just yesterday about Frank LaRose purging yeah. voters from the voter roll in Ohio. Not just like a regular, ordinary, everyday, oh, we do this every year kind of thing, but purging voters in between the August special election and the November election purging voters, according to the League of Women Voters of Ohio, after some folks had already started voting in this election. Mm. How do you, how does that make you feel as a, as a resident of Ohio? Mm. Well, um, I, you know, made sure to check that I was still on there. I, I feel like whenever I hear about purges, um, I always check my own status just to, just to be sure. Um, and also it's just like, man, you know, they're they're really trying, and it it's it's it looks a little desperate, <laughs> in my opinion. You know, you you had um, the issue one in August, uh, trying so hard to make the um, minority rule essentially, um, and failed miserably um, in that election, and then now they have to resort to dirty tricks to uh try to get their way and i just i just you know i frequently talk about how i feel like politicians need therapy um and how mm. like you have to be really insecure in your viewpoint in your um your uh side of things if you have to resort to purging the voter record or trying to change the rules so they fit your um fit your side you know it, it basically they're cheating <laughs> if this is a game they are like frank larose in this case is trying to make things go his way by changing the rules mid-game and that's not how games are supposed to work and so um i just think it looks kind of desperate <laughs> it looks kind of uh insecure and i just want to say that like i i if you're wrong you just need to be able to accept that you're wrong <laughs> and and move on like you know i think um i've i've been a part of some hiring processes lately and um one of the questions that often comes up in an interview is like how do you respond to feedback 
And um, people will talk about, you know, a time that they did something wrong and how they, um, you know, overcame that and adjusted and fixed things so that they were better in the future. And what I'm hearing here is that when Frank LaRose hears that, oh, uh, there is the possibility of me being wrong, instead of admitting that he's wrong and letting, you know, the chips fall where they will, he has to change the rules. And he's not, you know, fixing himself to be better in the future, but rather is um, fixing the system to work for him, or at least trying to. And so I think that, um, again, it makes it even more important that um, the people who, um, you know, that everybody goes out to vote and that everybody votes uh, yes on issue one, um, because, uh, you know, they're trying so hard and I I think that they really need to learn a lesson on how to take feedback <laughs> if that makes sense I uh, I think yeah. I, I think I'm sensing like an unofficial uh, subtitle for this episode is gonna be <laughs> Frank LaRose why so desperate bro <laughs> like yeah. yeah, like have you have you have you not understood anything? Like if your solution to people don't like my ideas ends up being I just need fewer people to vote, like you got the horse and the cart bass backwards up there, brother. Like something ain't here. This is the piece for me that sends me over the edge, though. As a as a, a practicing religionist, as a Christian pastor. I don't understand how people who stand up and love to talk about how much they love Jesus, love to talk about their religion, they will engage the teaching of a faith tradition that holds as its one of its very core tenets that you don't lie. They will stand up and claim that faith at the same time they are just lying. They are lying to themselves. They're lying to other people. They're scheming and trying anything they can do to not admit that they need to change their tactic. They need they need to change their perspective, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's this, you know, and I, I you know, this is a human thing that in general, a, a lot of people, regardless of their uh, affiliation um, and thoughts on reproductive rights are um is is this idea of like by any means um and this idea that like when it comes down to the wire um we can break our morals or like the expectations that we have for ourselves um i and i think this is not limited to frank LaRose or the anti-abortion people who are working against um issue one but in general there are a lot of people who believe that when it comes down to it oh we can change our morals on things and i think uh i i feel like i can speak for us when i say that we believe in sticking to our moral morals regardless of the situation um but it's just really interesting to me especially for anti-abortion extremists who um claim to like you said be devout christians but yet if things seem to not be going their way they think well well this is a different situation uh (laughs) you know i can lie in this situation because it means this 
you know, um, I'm not going to repeat anti-abortionist thoughts on abortion, but they, you know, everybody knows what they think. Um, And I don't, you know, I personally, even if it came down to, you know, I'm in in arguments with other people, I cannot morally, uh, you know, backstab or lie or do whatever if it means that I win. You know, I, I think there comes a point where it's like, okay, I, I am wrong. I admit that. And so we're going to move forward with me admitting that I'm wrong. I, I don't understand why um, some of these anti-abortion extremists believe that, well, because this is my value, this value is more important than my value of not lying, my value of honesty. Um, and it's really interesting that, like, I feel like the teachings that, talking specifically about Christianity, the teachings that Jesus did, the actual things that, like, are written in the Bible that Jesus taught to people. It's just interesting to me that those are the things that go to the wayside when it comes to losing. Um, but when, but not the things that people have interpreted as, uh, you know, biblical. Because it, the Bible is not... It's not anti-abortion. It does. It, it, it no. Um, but the things that like Jesus actually says about how we work with other people, how we treat other people, um, for some reason that is the thing. The things that actually are in the Bible that is the stuff that goes to the wayside. But this anti-abortion um, value that has been interpreted by people that people have made separate from the Bible that they claim to love so much. It's just interesting to me. <laughs> um, I can't stand hypocrite or yeah, hypocrisy. And this feels like a lot of hypocrisy. Yeah. And, and just to be clear, like the things that anti-abortion folks say and continue to propagate, we're calling that out on a regular basis, which is part of yes. why we say like, we're not going to repeat all of it here, but like we're going to get into a couple of things um, because the issue one ads, the dishonesty in the issue one ads are profound. Um, I'm, I'm going around with the faith and repro freedom tour and we're hearing just constant questions from people about like, where did they get this ridiculous mess of jargon? Right. Or like, what does this have to do with anything in the ballot initiative? And it's really clear to me that the anti-abortion lobby and particularly the anti-issue one, um, the anti-issue one lobby in Ohio are super desperate and they're just grabbing at straws. They have absolutely no message. They have absolutely no concerted dialogue that they want to have they are trying the spaghetti at the wall strategy to just Mm -hmm. throw everything they can to see what sticks and nothing is sticking um just to to go through a a few of these and I, i would love us to be able to just have a little conversation about like what does this even mean right uh we have heard through advertisements from the anti issue one lobby that children are going to be able to get gender reassignment surgeries without their parents knowing about it. They're just going to be able to walk in someplace and sign up and and have a gender reassignment surgery. Or 
Issue one will destroy parental consent, even though we know that parental consent laws and judicial bypass are here, you know, forever, regardless of what this statement says, right? This does not impact those. Um, and, and my very favorite, my very favorite is sitting down after I got home from a fantastic gathering in Greenville, Ohio. Big shout out to Greenville and the dozens of people that we had there at um, a rural organizing get together. I got home, I sat down, I cracked open a Diet Coke because that's what I do when I've been on the road for three hours. And what am I greeted with on Sling TV? But Mike and Fran DeWine in my living room. And they are sitting here having a conversation with me about how they believe that abortion rights codified under issue one are too extreme. And we need to protect our families. And I'm thinking to myself, two things, two things with Fran and Mike DeWine. I thought, okay, first off, What's more extreme, a total abortion ban or just trusting people to make their own decisions? Because I'm pretty sure trusting people to make their own decisions is the normal thing out of those two. Mm. Um, let, let's consult every person who's been denied access to an abortion about how helpful a total abortion ban is. The second thing that I'm, I'm doing, I'm sitting here looking at two people who have not had to worry about an unplanned pregnancy probably as long as I've been alive, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um where in the world do you get off coming into my living room and trying to tell me a bunch of lies about abortion and everybody else in the state has to listen to it too? Like what, how do you respond to people when they say ridiculous things like, Oh, this is too extreme or, Oh, you know, parental consent or, Oh, transgender reassignment surgeries. Where do you, where do you even start? Uh, it, you know, you you kind of said it yourself, but um, it, if you are all kinds of riled up about this basic codification of the right for people to make decisions uh, about their own bodies with the the um, consultation of a healthcare professional, um, have you ever had a problem in your life? Like, <laughs> do, do you think that the basic codification is somebody having baseline? Um, control over their own self is a ta- uh, something that you have to protect against a threat to your um, you know your ability to parent your ability to you know have families like no one's saying what you have to do this is just saying that if somebody wants to have a different life than you do then that's okay with them that's okay it should be legal and um again it feels very insecure it feels very desperate it's like um you know if think of it as this may let's say that there's a law that says that um oh you can if you'd like within reason dye your hair a different color and everybody is like, oh, my God, if the kids these days, <laughs> if the kids start dyeing their hair, what's next? They're going to be getting piercings. They're going to be getting tattoos. Oh, my gosh. And it's like nobody, nobody said that you had to get a tattoo. Nobody said that you even have to dye your hair. Uh, they're just saying that if somebody else wants something different than you do, then uh, that's okay. And uh, it, 
it feels to me like you're afraid that your life, your the way that you run your life is uh, wrong or maybe going out of style or something like that. Um, which, why are you so insecure? There, there, I don't think that there will be a day that there is absolutely no one who wants to have a family. I don't think that there will be a day that there, in my hypothetical, I don't think there will be a day that absolutely no one wants their hair to be a natural color. And, and if other people want to have a different life, why should that be a threat to you? It shouldn't be. Um, and it, again, it, it feels very insecure that Mike and Fran DeWine have to get up on your, in your living room, uninvited, um, and say, basically what they're saying is like, I'm afraid that we're going out of style. And so we have to stop this. Why not just admit that like other people can have opinions and like, you don't have to be right all the time. You don't have to be right for everyone. Honestly, I feel like, uh, allowing other people to live their own lives takes pressure off of you to like live life in this like perfect way you can do you can have variation you can do things that are different if you want to it, it's just I I think there's there's a part of some types of Christianity that is very focused on controlling is very based around shame and not allowing you know people to um vary from what has been deemed the the good life tm um <laughs> and and it like i just cannot be that person i i truly don't believe that like god wanted a life that is based in shame for me i don't believe that that's true and i it, when i'm hearing these politicians um you know try to spread lies about the um, basic access to healthcare. Um, when I hear, you know, about politicians being all up in arms, doing everything that they can, trying to change the rules after they've been set, uh, it just it just feels like they uh, are afraid, are insecure, need to go to therapy, and probably have been uh steeped in a good helping of shame and honestly i i want i want freedom for them too i want them to you know be able to live a life free of shame um and it's until that day that they they allow themselves the freedom to you know ha not have to fit into this picture perfect good life tm <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I, I am a little, like, I feel a little bad for them because that is no way to really truly live your life. <sighs> Absolutely. And we talk about this, like, it, it is so bound up with religion, right? Fran and Mike DeWine are practicing Catholics, the Roman Catholic Church in the state of Ohio, among the dioceses that are present here, gave $900,000 that we know of so far um, to get their message out. And their message includes Mike DeWine 
trying to broadcast his Catholic theology that is not shared by a majority of Catholics, right, um, onto the rest of us. It is a religious ideological perspective to say just what you said. We are afraid that our perspective is losing out. And so now, instead of the Roman Catholic bishops admitting that they have failed to convince their own faithful to behave in the ways they want, they are trying to fund state-sanctioned enforcement of Catholic ideology. And I, I say Catholic ideology. It's, it's not Catholic ideology. It is the Catholic hierarchy's ideology. Um, our colleague, Nicole Marino, with Catholics for Choice, we will put her, her info um, in the show notes, um, she consistently reminds us, like, 63% of Roman Catholics believe that abortion should be legal in all or most cases. That's from Pew Research in 2023. And 98% of Catholics who can use birth control have said they do use birth control or have at some point in their life. So, like... I think the statistic is 8% of Roman Catholics actually believe everything that the bishops um, tell them to uh, in terms of issues around reproductive health rights and justice. But you have this system where religious organizations are paying to advance a state enforcement of an agenda that they can't even get their own people to buy into, right? <laughs> you you can't convince your own faithful that you're right. So you're going to pay thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands, almost million dollars so far to help the state enforce your religious views. Like what in the world is this? And especially as a person who doesn't hold those religious views and isn't even in that religious system. Um, I'm fond of saying abortion bans are against my religion, right? I want religious freedom. I want people to respect who I am because I respect who other people are. And you can't come and tell me that I have to participate in this system when it violates my my religious and ethical concern, right? Um, and that's that's where we are with issue one. Like the lies, the misinformation, it's inherently immoral and amoral what the anti-abortion folks are doing, trying to scare people lying about what's in the amendment, like readtheamendment.com. Go to readtheamendment.com and read the whole amendment. It's only a page. won't even take your lunch break, right? Take a look at what's in it because the lies that are being spread by people who claim to be faithful practitioners of religious truth, it's really despicable. It's really sad to see. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're wrapping up a little bit, but, um, it's interesting to me that these, uh, especially like these religious areas that or practices that are mostly based in shame, like I I think of the I think the phrase is like you, there's the carrot and the stick, and so I, what happened to using the carrot? <laughs> what ha it, like if you if you believe that you are right, um, and you believe like fondly that you are right then why why is there so much focus on what is wrong why is there so much focus on like you know when i think of carrots and sticks i think of horses so why is there so much focus of like making the gate smaller for the horse to pass through so they have to go through the hole you want 
and not like actually making the whole you want more desirable you know and in this case i'm not thinking about being anti-abortion but if they're so focused on these family structures why are you not making it easier for people to afford um you know the the things that are necessary to care for a child why is there i know we talk about this a lot but um why is there not more of a focus on um black mortality rates when it comes to pregnancy why are we not talking about infant mortality rates why are we not talking about um making sure that low-income families have food for their children like there are so many other things that these people could be focusing on and they're choosing this issue and i you know there are much better ways to convince people and this just ain't it so um you know for all of those listening make sure you go out and vote uh, vote early, vote uh, in person if you want or if you can, uh, or you can vote absentee. Uh, but just make sure that you vote and you vote yes on issue one. Uh, but we will see you next time after the election. Thank you for listening to this episode of Our Soul. If you'd like to hear more of our conversations on religion, abortion access, and all things repro, you can find all our episodes on Podbean, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. For more content, training, and other information, check us out at faithchoiceohio.org.